I want to to talk to you a little bit about rough greens. You do things in your dog's best interest all the time, and you take care of your dog. Are you feeding him properly or her? Dog food that is kibble food has been dried and cooked. All the good things have been cooked out of it. Living is green. Brown is dead food. Uh, rough greens is something that your dog needs. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has uh, put together something that is full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants. Whatever's healthy for your dog, your dog uh, needs it, and it's in rough greens most likely. So try it out with your dog, and you'll see what I mean. Get the first bag free. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. That's roughgreens.com slash Beck, or 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33, roughgreens.com slash Beck. 15 seconds. Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Well, it's a good thing that uh, Joe Biden went over to Hawaii. He got laid. Then he went out on stage and said, hey, this is this. I remember a time like this when my kitchen was on fire, had to be taken out of the house in a flag-draped coffin. And then I worried about my car and my cat. And I think the people in Hawaii really related to that. I think they became one, possibly in their hatred uh, for the way this president has behaved. But is it any better than what he did in Ohio? J.D. Vance joins us in 60 seconds. Whoever said that summertime living is easy never visited the great state of Texas. It's not. Especially back then when they wrote that stupid song. I was driving just the other day and I said to my wife, can you imagine living here in the 70s? She said they had air conditioning. I said, no, but most cars, it was an add-on in most cars. It would have been hell here. Actually, it still is, but thanks to the glories of air conditioning, it makes it tolerable. So Texas is still the best in the country. Anyway, Blinds.com has you covered literally. Whether you uh, know what you're doing, you want to pick them out yourself, install them yourself, or you don't know what you're doing at all, and you want them to do it for you, Blinds.com is where you need to go. They've covered 25 million windows. You can rest easy with Blinds.com's 100% satisfaction guarantee. So beat the heat this summer and lower your electric bill at the same time with some sun-blocking shades. Blinds.com. Used them several times. Always been a satisfied customer. And that is number one to them. That's why they're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings with over 40,000 five-star reviews. It's Blinds.com. 
Go there now, save up to 45% off, plus free installation and qualifying purchases. 45% off now, blinds.com. Rules and restrictions do apply, blinds.com. All right. So, you know, we have J.D. Vance on uh, with us. He should be calling in any minute. Uh, the senator from the great state of uh, Ohio. And uh, he wrote Hillbilly Elegy. He did, yes. Uh, which was made into a movie or I think a series on Netflix. Yeah. And took the country by storm. It was a huge, hugely respected piece of art. Yeah, I know. For a very long time until he decided he was going to be a Republican politician. Yeah, then it's just <laughs> that, garbage. It's trash. Then yeah. it's trash. Yeah. He should write the book on uh, Oliver Anthony. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, he'd be really well suited to write the biography. Because, I, I mean, the story's of, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. You know, and his I, story is amazing. I want to know more. I want to know more. He's talked a little bit about his life and his struggles. And can you imagine, like, I, you know, it's not just this thing where, like, okay, there was this song and it came out and it went to number one on YouTube or iTunes for a day. Or, you know, like we see this every once in a while. A book rises to the number one on Amazon for a couple of days. This is the, this is the number one song in the country. This is like ahead of Taylor Swift. It's crazy. This is like literally the number one song in the country. And I don't know. I, I, I find it simultaneously inspiring and like depressing because I, <laughs> I, 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 I am depressed that it connects with so many people. I, I hate oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I hate it. Like, I, I, I mean, I. But think of how many it, people it, don't God, feel alone. I know. I, I think that's great. But I'm, I, I, it's, it saddens me that people feel that way. I will be honest with you. I don't. I, I was listening to the lyrics of that song, and I'm like, "Gosh, like, I, you know what? Maybe, my, maybe I'm just spoiled. My life's better than that. I'm glad it's better than that, and I'm glad that you know." I, Play that, a little bit of it. Let me hear the lyrics. I, I, I think I agreed with them. Yeah, I know, but he, he just seems like, like I mean, maybe uh, I'm, com, I'm, I'm uh, combining his, uh, his story as well with the song lyrics at some level because he's talked about all the struggles and. How he, you know, he comes home and he drinks oh, all day to forget, forget Excuse his us worries. for not, you, you've never been an alcoholic. Excuse no, us, Mr. No, I Perfect. Haven't. I, in all seriousness, I haven't. Thank God. <laughs> no, I know. I, it's I know. depressing no, 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 that, it's that it connects with so many people. But, but it does. It does. Yeah. It does. It's real. Um, we have uh, the senator on with us now. J.D., how are you, sir? I'm good, Glenn. How you doing, man? Very good. We were just talking about that you should write the biography of uh, Oliver Anthony. I know you have better things to do now, but... I think you'd be fascinating. You, you'd be fascinating. You'd be really the guy who got it. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, he's the most interesting guy in America right now. It's sort of yeah. amazing. I, I saw that his uh, his song was at the top of the Billboard Hot 100, which is just amazing and shocking. Uh, but his, I mean, I could talk about that song for a long time because I think it's actually very layered and complex. There's a lot going on there. If you think about it, he's complaining both about low wages at a steel mill. He's also complaining about welfare cheats and. That's really where most people, I think, in our country are. They want you to earn a good wage if you work hard. They also don't want people to take advantage of the system. And I, I think that both the right and the left, in their various ways, aren't totally comfortable with what Oliver Anthony is selling, but most people are. Why do you think the left isn't? Well, look, I don't think the left likes to acknowledge that there are a lot of hardworking people out there who believe we should have a social safety net for people who need it. But those, those folks live amongst everybody, and they see the folks who need it. They also see the folks who take advantage of it. And this is something you know, I talk about in my book, and the left really got angry at me over, is you know, my, my mamma was sort of a, a blue-collar, socially conservative Democrat, but she hated the idea that there were people who were taking advantage of a system that was there for people who needed it. 
And I, I think that recognition that, yeah, there are people who need it, but there are people who cheat is really, really important. It's obviously true. And it's something I think the left, it, it's actually disconnected the left from working class America because the, the average person in our country is not thinking about these things through ideological blinders. They're observing what goes on around them. And what they see is that sometimes people take advantage of the system and that pisses them off as it should. I was uh, I had dinner last week with a guy who's 33 years old and a billionaire. He came from nothing. He was homeless, um, set his mind to something, has quite a brilliant mind, uh, went in to uh, solve a problem in medicine and did. Everybody said he couldn't do it. And he's a billionaire now. Uh, and then he just retired and he decided, you know what, I'm, I want to learn more about God. So he went back to school and God only knows what his next phase is going to be. But he was talking uh, about how the, we have to understand that this next generation grew up with the, seeing their parents screwed by the government, the Fed and the banks in 2008. And it yep. continues to happen. You, you look at what's happening in Hawaii. The government gave them $700 one-time payment if you lost your home and your family members. Um, Social Security is $1,100 a month. But if you look at what illegals are getting, they're getting $2,200 for walking in. Ukrainians per capita got $1,700. I mean, wh- where's our priority Yeah, there's this sick way where if you work hard and play by the rules, you're actually discouraged by your own government, whereas the people who cheat are rewarded by it. Yes. And that 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 sickening sense of unfairness, I think your friend is exactly right. This is a big part of what's going on in our politics in 2023. I mean, look, and this is something I've, I've encouraged my fellow conservatives to think harder about. What do you do if you are a 27 year old? You've got your first job out of out of college or out of trade school. And you're trying to buy a home right now, and mortgage interest rates are at eight percent, whereas they were they were four percent a year and a half half ago. I mean, you know, you know this, Glenn, but the the average mortgage payment for American families has skyrocketed. So we're going to have a generation that doesn't want to get married, doesn't want to start a family, doesn't want to buy into their community through a home purchase because it's just too expensive. And yet, of course, in 2008, the bankers got their bailout, and in 2023. Everybody from the Ukrainians to the illegal aliens get free money from the government, but, but not the people uh, who are working the hardest for it. It's, it's a very messed up system, and it's why we need a different kind of, I think, politics, a, a, a politics that's willing to go at these power centers of our country. So let me change it. I, I want to get back to Hawaii here in a second, but um, uh, let me stop here on the po- political train. Tomorrow, Donald Trump is not going to be um, at the debate. But I think, what is it, nine will be. What do we expect from that? I mean, I look at this as Donald Trump just from strategy and think we're doing exactly the right thing for Donald Trump. Why show up? Um, Nobody's even close. What do you expect and why should we watch when it is such a blowout? Well, first of all, I, I agree with you, Glenn. I think that this is certainly the strategic decision from Donald Trump. And frankly, I encouraged him to do it. He and I are friends. Of course, I've, I've endorsed him. You know, one of the problems with the debate tomorrow is there are just too many people on the stage, right? So obviously, Trump deserves an infight, even though he didn't accept it. DeSantis should be up there. Vivek should be up there. A couple of others should be up there. But, but a lot of people 
have no credible chance of winning the nomination. So I think it's kind of a joke that they opened it up as broadly as they did. And if you're Donald Trump, you know, why, why show up with somebody who's polling at literally zero percent so this person can take mm-hmm. pot shots at you that the Democrats, by the way, are going to use in negative advertising 12 months from now when he's taking on Joe Biden? It doesn't make any sense. And I think he made the right decision. I do, too. Um, what do you think about uh, Vivek as uh, a vice president? <laughs> well, you, you know, Vivek and I uh, know each other well. We went to law school. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he, had, he had Thanksgiving dinner at my house one day. Uh, I think he'd be a, a great vice presidential candidate. I think he'd be a good vice president. Um, you have to ask him, of course, if he's interested. My yeah, guess is he's, he's really going after the main prize. He is. Uh, do I think that he, he'll get it? No, I, I think Donald Trump's going to be the nominee, but I think he's obviously an impressive guy, and he's going to have a very, very big part in the future of the country. And your thought on uh, him against whomever is going to be the Democrats' uh, selection, do you think Joe Biden is going to actually make it all the way to the election? I, you know, I do, Glenn, just because I think it's the simplest thing. The, the, the crazy thing about the Democratic co- coalition in 2023, Glenn, is, is nobody else can hold it together. Uh, if, you, if you put Kamala Harris at the top of the ticket, a lot of people are going to rebel. If you put, you know, Pete Buttigieg, you're going to have a lot of, I think, middle class black voters who, who have no interest in a completely inexperienced guy running for president. Uh, so their coalition, they, they need these upper crust white professionals with middle-class blacks, and that's sort of the base of their coalition. I don't think anybody else can hold it together. If, if it's not Joe Biden for them, I think they're in for an even worse election than they're in for. And, and I, by the way, Glenn, I just do not buy this idea that Donald Trump cannot win a general election. Even ignoring all of the issues with 2020, you had 41,000 votes in three states in the midst of COVID with everything else going on. Uh, the polling is good for Trump. I actually think we have a very good chance of of putting him back in the Oval Office, and I hope we do. Um, the um, One more before we get off politics. The idea that Michelle Obama would come to the rescue. Uh, that's interesting, Glenn. Uh, that may be one person who, you know, she's, she's got, um, she, she's, she's maybe got it to hold the coalition together. I don't know that the average middle-of-the-road voter is going to go for Michelle Obama. Um, you know, obviously, sort of what they know about her is, is his first lady, but that's a big leap to go from first lady to running for president. The last time it happened, of course, it didn't work out too well. Uh, so I, I'm skeptical, but man, crazier things have happened in this country. So the president was uh, in um, in Maui yesterday. Um, I, I thought it was a horrendous appearance. Is it better for the people of Ohio that he didn't show up uh, in Ohio when, uh, you know, East Palestine needed so much help? You know, I think it would have been better for him and for his administration to focus on it. I, I never cared that much about him showing up, besides the fact that it's a good symbolic gesture. Uh, but the administration has really done a terrible job. I mean, our, our governor, Mike DeWine, uh, re- requested a disaster declaration a few weeks ago. The president still hasn't responded to it. There are all of these weird so wait, ways. Wait, 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 wait. Still for East Palestine? Correct. That's right. Yeah, uh, unless it happened this morning, uh, but it hasn't happened in the last few weeks. And, and DeWine requested, I believe, in late July or, or maybe early in August. But no, that still hasn't happened, Glenn. And, and we, we still have you know, some problems with the EPA. We still have problems with Norfolk Southern not doing the cleanup in the way that it should be done. So, so the issue is you need a president to show some leadership here. And we've tried to fill the gap as much as possible. You know, I was there just last week and trying to hammer people to do what they need to do. But, man, for something like that, you actually need a president to do his job, and he just hasn't done it. 
And I say it, Glenn, I think it's because they're not his voters. He knows the people of East Palestine uh, are not, you know, Democratic base voters. And so he just doesn't feel like he's got to do anything for him. And it's really a tragedy and disgusting that the president thinks about his own country like that. So we were talking about it um, this morning about him going to um, Hawaii. And he really didn't seem to have any interest in it at all. And a lot of people will give him a pass because he's old and, you know, whatever. But I, I really I think it goes beyond his own constituents. I, I don't think he actually cares that much about people. I know that's horrible yeah. to say, but can you give me a lot of examples where he's just been wildly gracious to people that, you know, didn't know him or he didn't have anything to win? Well, I mean, if he, uh, you know, they, they had a bunch of, uh, you know, 18 year old girls that he could awkwardly interact with. Maybe that's that's the trick oh to getting goodness. Joe Biden to show some to getting Joe <laughs> Biden to show some interest. I mean, he, he look, he's an odd guy. Clearly, 40 years in politics has done something to his brain. Um, and that's 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 pretty obvious. I, I will say, Glenn, you know, one thing I, I really love about sort of our political movement is, look, Hawaii is obviously a blue state. I haven't met a single Republican politician grassroots member who hasn't just expressed complete sadness and heartbreak for what's going on in Hawaii. I saw my dad a couple of days ago. They were talking about praying for Hawaii at their church. I, I think we have to keep this attitude that everybody, even if they don't vote the right way, they're, they're members of our shared oh, big American community. And I, I think that's, you've seen that in Hawaii. There's been a lot of concern from our side of the island. I think, I think that's one thing we should be proud of. I'm, and I, I just wish that the people of Hawaii got, got more uh, for this tragedy because they're, they're really suffering. And you look at the local, local officials, they still don't know about how many kids are missing. This is just really, horrible. really massive failure of government at every level. We should be doing better by these people, and I hope that we get a chance to. So I tell you, J.D., um, you're exactly right. Um, and that's why this audience has already wa- raised $1.2 million in aid. I'd like yeah, to get it. I'd like to get another million dollars just so we can outperform the government because people always do better than the government. Yeah. Um, and if we want them to do less, we need to do more. But you can donate at mercuryone.org, by the way. Um, but, uh, you know, they always ask yeah, prayers and well, prayers and our backs and our wallets as well yeah. in this particular case. J.D., thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Lynn. Take care. Bye-bye. Senator J.D. Vance from Ohio. Parallel economy is about two things, values and value. Those two things. I prefer doing business with companies who bring both to the company. Um, That is, um, if you don't have values, you're just another company and it's just another sale. Um, I, I think you need both to really, truly bring value to the table. And one of the best companies I know that is doing that is Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers, they're already a company that sources beef, chicken, seafood, pork, 100% from American farms and ranchers. So you want the extra value? Try this on for size. When you subscribe to any of their monthly meat boxes, you're going to get two years of free ground beef. That's 144 meals you don't have to pay for. So how about an extra on the values as well, since Good Ranchers spends their own money to provide 10 meals per box you order to Americans in need. That means they give out 240 meals over the course of your subscription. That is the spirit of the parallel economy. 
Head on over to GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK. Get $30 off any box. Plus, you'll get two years of free ground beef with your order. Do some serious good for yourself, for your family, and your neighbors. GoodRanchers.com. That's GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code BECK. 10 seconds. Station ID. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I, I want you to hear this, uh, this economic advisor for the Biden administration. Please play cut six. This is on inflation. And yet the polling numbers, as we talked out at the outset, are just 36 percent. It's a dramatic disconnect, obviously. But it also points to the fact that inflation is driving the train. And as long as inflation remains, even, even if it you know, remains where it is, it's still sticky. And how do you compete? How do you compete against that narrative? Because otherwise you could build a case and say, you know what, the economy's pretty good. But people don't care because they're tired of paying higher prices and they think the president is at least in part to blame. Look, I hear where you're coming from, and I get this question all the time, but I feel like that line of questioning is starting to get a little bit stale. Mm. And the reason I say that wow. is, mm. I, I'm going to explain. The reason I say that is, is you've got to get into some of the guts of what these polls are telling us. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Mm. Yeah. Here's what people are telling you. They're growing broke. They, they have spent Every excess savings that they had put aside after COVID, remember, oh, that people's savings is crazy. It's all gone now. That whole thing, that's gone. They're in more credit card debt than they've ever been in the history of America. Uh, people are paying a lot more for their food, for their gas. What do you mean the economy is doing well? I'll tell you what I mean. The fat cats. The bank, Wall Street, all those guys. I'm sorry, but I don't measure the success of our nation that way. You, you don't have success of a nation if that's all you've got. That's all you've got. You, you don't really have anything. You have a ruling class of elites that are telling everyone else, let them eat cake. Why not? There's plenty of cake in the world. This is basically what he's saying. No, I'm tired of hearing that about inflation. You got to look at all the facts, all the good stuff that's going on up above. Look at all the cake. What? They're hungry? Let them eat some cake. There's plenty of cake. Oh my gosh. Doesn't end well. The Glenn Beck Program. Whether it's cross hundreds of miles or just to the grocery store and back, you rely on your car to get you around safely and efficiently. So when your car has problems, the very last thing you need is to be worried about how you're going to afford fixing them or who's going to become the person doing it. This is where CarShield comes in. When you enroll with CarShield, you're getting protection plans that start as low as $100 a month, flexible, month-to-month coverage. Your choice of an ASE certified mechanic, 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance, and complimentary towing and rental car options. You also get no long-term contracts, and CarShield administrators will handle all the paperwork and repairs so you don't have to. Maybe most important of all, considering the whole inflation problem, 
you get a price lock guarantee. Your price will never go up. No matter if your car has more miles on it, no matter how many claims you file, it'll never go up. CarShield.com. Lock your price in now. 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. It's CarShield.com slash Beck. Debate coverage is tomorrow night. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code will not be censored for 30 bucks off. So let me, uh, you know, I, my father said, if we lie to one another, we don't have a family. And so, you know, honesty is always the best policy. Uh, so let me just, let me come out from behind this throne of lies on which I sit and tell you that I haven't really been following the Senator Tommy Tuberville thing. Uh, I, I said in a meeting last week with my producers, I think this is good, right? I mean, I know that he's trying to stop the money going to the military for abortions, or is he just asking for clarification? I'm not sure, but I know the left is really pissed off at him, and that kind of makes me happy. Uh, and, and it looks like it is... I'm like, I can't say it's successful because we don't have an ending to it yet. But this is the first time I've seen somebody do something like this and just not get a brick thrown at their head by everybody. And so I wanted Tommy to come on and I apologize, but I'm I'm watching other things uh, and just explain where we are in this campaign. Senator, how are you, sir? Good morning, Glenn. And don't worry about that. There's a lot of important things going on. I know. And this is the world. And not to say that yeah. this isn't. I just haven't. I just haven't. It's constantly on my radar, but over off in a corner. And I keep hearing about it. And I think it's been going on for like a year, hasn't it? Well, it started about it started in July last year. I heard they were going to change the military uh, abortion policy, which was passed in 1985 by the Democrats and Joe Biden, that you can only do abortion in the military by, uh, because of the three exceptions. And I heard they were going to change that after Roe Wade. They want to put everybody that's a federal employee on some kind of abortion policy. And and uh, so it took me about four months, Glenn, to get a briefing. I got a briefing, and then I told Secretary Austin, no, 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 we're, we're not going to charge the American taxpayers for travel for abortion for military. That's not going to happen. If you do that, I'm going to hold your generals and admirals. Well, two months later, in uh, February of this year, so I guess it's been about seven months, uh, I put a hold. And that's the only power, Glenn, as a senator. If you're in the minority, that's really right. the only power that you have. And so I put a hold on. And, uh, Good for you. And they've, they've came after me, but uh, I'm not changing my yeah. mind. Uh, I mean, I'm right. I'm right. So, you know, it's, what's crazy here is that, you know, we have, I think we have 44 four-star generals right now. In World exactly. War II, we had seven. Seven. Exactly. I mean, what the hell? Who's printing up four-star generals? Why do we need all of these? I mean, I have no problem with something like this. And I, I, it's clear that nobody doing anything knows this is a losing battle for their side. You, uh, nobody's going to say, oh, you know what? We need to promote those guys. I have no problem with promotions, but not if you're out of control, completely out of control. 
Yeah. For, well, for your audience, here's what happens. Uh, they bring the general admirals and, uh, to the floor, not, basically not to the floor. They do, we do it off the floor and we confirm three or 400 at a time. And, uh, instead of voting on them individually to, now to me, generals and admirals are very important. Obviously we need to understand whether they can do the job or not do the job. As you said, we had seven back in world war two, now 44 and rising, uh, the Pentagon is, is bulging at the seams. Uh, they're all driving around in black SUVs. And, and you got to remember this, too, Glenn. Uh, it, a, a general, a four-star, basically has a budget uh, and people working around him of five, six hundred million a year. Oh, my gosh. A year. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And, and so uh, uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff chairman, for instance, uh, Mark Milley, who it is right now, his budget is something like three hundred million and has forty six hundred employees. What the heck uh, do we need that many people working for uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff? It, it's, it makes no sense. We need war fighters. You know, listen, I'm a military person and I hate I'm doing this. My dad died on active duty. He was career military. Uh, I was a military brat. I, you know, we traveled and and, uh, you know, there's nothing more important, Glenn, in our country than a great military. But let me tell you something. We are headed south. A whole country is headed south. But if we lose our military and, and our spot in world uh, national security, it's going to be over for us. Well, I think we I, I think we're headed that direction with what we're doing in um, Ukraine I, with these people in the Pentagon. I have. I mean, I, I'm sure you saw what Mark Milley said yesterday. Okay, so we had a handful of drag queen shows. That doesn't mean we went woke. Uh, I have a problem with the first part of that sentence. Okay, we had a, a handful of drag queen shows. What? The, I mean, what are they concentrating on? Yeah. Well, Glenn, I'll tell you, I've, I've taken, I've had the opportunity now to, to look at all these generals and admirals and we started in February with one, then it went to 10, then 50, then 75. We're up to 300 now, and it'll, it'll probably be closer to 600 at the end of the year. Now, again, telling the people out there, listen, I am I cannot hold these people up. They can bring them to the floor one at a time can, and confirm them. I, I can't do that, but I can hold all of them being said, okay, we're just going to pass you on by. That's what I'm doing. So Schumer, he didn't want to bring it to the floor because he will admit guilt uh, of bringing them one at a time. But the thing of the thing about about all this is just absolutely amazing. Uh, after looking at each one of these generals and admirals, how woke a lot of these people are. I mean, the things that they teach and that they want to teach. I mean, we, we, as I tell General Austin and Milley in hearings, face to face, out in public, we don't need to educate our young men and women in the military in terms of anything but a killing machine, because people have to fear us and they don't fear us right now because all we're doing is we're teaching dei this wokeism drag queens uh now a lot of these uh, uh so-called young men or women are getting in the military so they can have their transition paid for by the taxpayers what in the hell are we doing so what is your hope that i mean if we're passing them one by one are you hoping that the Americans will eventually do what I did and go, what is this really all about? What are we doing here? Yeah. Hey, well, I want to be brought to the floor where all my colleagues, not just on the left, but also on the right, look at this person that we're confirming going, wait a minute. Uh, look at the books that this, this person has, has, has written or look at the things that they've taught. 
and as a one star or a two star, uh, again, we've got to get back to having more people that the people that actually do the war fighting are the are the second lieutenants, the captains, the sergeants, uh, the people that train these people. It's not the generals and the admirals. These are politicians. That's all they are. And I, I was hoping when I got to D.C. three years ago that I wouldn't recognize that, uh, that, that our, actually our military was, was bipartisan. It wasn't politics. It was all about, hey, protecting the United States and its allies. That we're far from that. I mean, it, this is it's just going, we're going overboard. And this Ukraine war has just, just brought more out. And I haven't voted for a dime for Ukraine. Now, listen, I hope they win. I was in Ukraine three months before this started. And Zelensky looked me in the eye and says, the only way we can stop this is if y'all give us weapons and put on and let and let uh, Putin see what that you're going to back us. Well, of course, he, we didn't do that. Joe Biden was asleep at the wheel. He had a two-minute conversation with Putin. And look how many hundreds of thousands of people that uh, Joe Biden has gotten killed uh, because of this. And um, I, I hate it for the Ukrainian people. And I've said this uh, and I've, I've taken a lot of flack for it. It's kind of like a junior high playing against a college football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't win. I don't, I don't care what we give them unless we go over there and help them fight. Uh, we, they can't win. And we're not going to do that on my watch. Hopefully I don't, I don't know whether I could stop it or not, but I'll be uh, outspoken about it. Well, but, I will. Uh, I will tell you this. I know there's a ton of people that feel like I do. Uh, you draft my son. My son. I, I'm personally moving him. Well, not to Canada. I don't know. Someplace uh, away from the reach of the military. I will not support. I will not let my family, my children, support a war with in Ukraine with Russia. We have no reason to be there. We have funneled so much money, and I believe, I believe probably at least fifty percent of that has gone into dark money. It's just gone. Uh, no thanks. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Yeah. Well, what you, what your audience ought to understand too is, you know, if when there's a national disaster, you know the next thing that's going to happen is we're, the national disaster is going to get very little money. A lot of money is going to go to Ukraine. The problem that, that, that people don't understand is we don't have anything to sell them right now. We don't have anything to give them because we're out. Even Joe Biden said we're out of munitions. Well, no kidding. I mean, they've been shooting them at a, at, as fast as they possibly can because they don't have the people. Uh, they don't have the people that Russia's got. And so uh, the money that we're sending now is going up to prop, their, prop up their government and prop up their uh, pension system. Uh, going going in to keep their so uh, uh, the country going because they, they don't have an economy right now. Uh, it, it, we they are the fifty first state of the United States, and we're sending all that money there. And when we're imploding within our borders, uh, the things that are going on in our country, which is in year in my lifetime, Glenn, it's the worst you and I have ever seen, and it's getting worse. Do you are you hopeful? Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful because. I believe in this country. You and I had an opportunity to grow up in something that was very special after World War II, the, the growth and the building of our country. And, and uh, but, you know, since the 90s and Clinton's NAFTA and all that, we've sent all of our manufacturing out. I've seen our education, and I talked to you before about the, our education system's turned into yeah. not an educational institution, it's turned into a social institution. Yeah, it's indoctrination. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And it's just, um, it's sad to see it go this direction. Uh, do we have to go to the bottom before we find out that uh, the direction that we're heading? I hope not. 
uh, I, I, I just think that and would hope and pray that there would be enough good people in this country to step up and, and say, even on the left side, and I know there's people on the left, and I've talked to them about it, uh, senators every, all the time. You can't believe this. You can't believe uh, what we're doing at the border's right. You can't do that. I mean, and, and, and again, it all goes back to politics. My God, stand up for your country. This is not about Republican, Democrat anymore. This is about Americans versus anti-Americans. They want to change this country into something that's not. You can't, Glenn, you can't run a, a world, not just our country, a world without fossil fuels. It is impossible. But these clowns are trying to convince people about this climate hoax that we've got to do this. But we're going to implode. No, we're going to implode because we're not going to have the facilities or the things to do to keep up this country and keep this world going. It has been uh, good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate all that you're doing and let us know how we can help. All right, Glenn. Stay tuned. Thank you. Appreciate it. Senator uh, Tommy Tuberville from Alabama. Did you know that last year alone, there were over 1.1 million reports of identity theft? We depend so much on the digital world these days, both in our personal lives and our business. And one of the things that comes along uh, is increased vulnerability to cybercrime and everything that comes along with it. It's so important that you are protected and you understand the world that we're about to enter. Everything you have could be on the line at any time. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. It's equally important to realize that there are measures that can you can take that will help that from stop happening for, from happening. Um, not everybody can stop everything. There's no way you can't keep up with it. However, LifeLock by Norton is your best tool in the box. Join now, save up to twenty five percent off your first year. With the promo code BECK, call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or go over to lifelock.com and use the promo code BECK. You'll save 25%. Lifelock.com and 1-800-LIFELOCK, promo code BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Oh my gosh, there is so much uh, to go over. We're just not going to get to all of it. Please sign up for our email newsletter. There is an amazing opinion piece. Uh, Maybe we'll squeeze it in. Amazing opinion piece from the New York Times. Elections are bad for democracy. There you go. They're finally saying the quiet part out loud. Right, but I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it because... Well, I just want you to hear it. Who wrote it? Give me, give me a sense of who wrote uh, it. Let's see. It was written by Adam Grant, hmm. a contributing opinion writer who is an organizational psychologist hmm. uh, at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School. Hmm. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be. It is interesting. I read it going, uh-huh. And, and I came out going, hmm, interesting. Yeah, there was another moment like this recently with uh, Jonah Goldberg, who's you know, been a friend yeah, of the yeah. show for a very long time. And he talked about the, how... The desire for small dollar donors is hurting the election process. Yeah. And he got beat up by that. And I've heard him talk about this before, so I wasn't as uh, shaken by it as it was by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But like there are incentives that are created by people by chasing right 
what you think everybody wants to hear. And it doesn't mean that like this party knows better. I don't I don't I don't think that. But like you do see a lot of politicians these days doing things to attract small dollar donors and that's it. They're not doing things because they think they're the right policy. They don't think they're right because they believe in some ideological principle. It's like they're just chasing money from like, it's like trying to get retweets. And it does create bad incentives. So, I don't know if there's a great solution to that, but like. It, yeah, so don't it, chase it, the money. Let the right. money be the yeah. byproduct of what you say. Yeah, the, the, this the, is, the solution is curing human nature among really crappy politicians and I, yeah. uh, electing better people. It is. It's the same with capitalism. If you set out to make money, if that's your goal, you're, you could end up in the porn business yeah. or the Bible business, but you, mm-hmm. you and you might get rich, but you won't be happy mm-hmm. if you set out to change people's lives and you look at those people who no one is listening to. That's the key here. Find the group that no one is listening to and super serve that group. When you do, your business will explode. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and your your donations will go up. Who isn't being served? It's not just that the rich aren't being served or the poor aren't being served. The people who are not being listened to are the people who actually believe in the freedom of opportunity, the Constitution as written. You'll find money from all different demographics from people who believe that. That's what your goal should be. I'm serving this underserved group. And quite honestly, proof is in the pudding. That's kind of what Donald Trump did. The Glenn Beck Program.